Welcome back to the Interlude Podcast. You are listening to episode 137, a conversation with Brie Rickardson. Now, Brie and I connected on Instagram through our love of all things movement and Peloton, and I'm really excited to have her here today. Brie is a breast cancer survivor. She was diagnosed at age 35 in 2020, and she shares her story and how she used movement and meditation through chemotherapy, surgery, radiation, targeted treatment, and how that movement changed depending on how she was feeling both physically and mentally where she was in her treatment journey. And I think that's something that's really important to talk about. Now that Brie is done with active treatment, she is really focused on increasing the number of cancer survivors, both in and out of treatment, who are reaching exercise and movement guidelines. The way that she's doing it is through the creation of something called the Nifty 150. This is an Instagram account that she has created. And every week she shares different Peloton classes that are cardio, strength, stretching, meditation. And the idea is she provides 150 minutes of suggested content each week so that people know if what what they can be doing. And it makes exercise a little bit more fun and a little bit easier. In addition to the classes, she is providing education, how-tos, and building this amazing community to empower survivors to find workouts that meet their needs. We talk about all of that on today's episode. And with that, let's get right into it. It is my honor to welcome Brie Rickardson to the Interlude podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Eleanor Toplinski, and I am a board-certified medical oncologist. Brie, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to chat with you. Cancers. I Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to, to talk with you, too. The journeys so and you are doing some really exciting things cancer. in the world of exercise podcast, and cancer. I know we hear all about and that. Everything um, but before we start, tell me a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, all the treatment, and life after My name is Brianna Rickardson. I also go by Brie, and I live in Colorado. I'm from the Midwest originally. Um, I've been in Colorado for about 16 years. Um, In my my day job, I work in small business lending. Um, My background's in finance and economics. um, And I've been at my company right now for 11 years. Um, So it's actually really great. I love what I do um, on a day-to-day basis. Um, My first week I started my job, I actually had my first date with my husband. Um, So it was a very busy week. Um, Started my job on Monday had um, our first date on a Thursday, um, got married seven years later on that same day, Oh wow! Um, which was 2019, um, right before, you know, spring of 2020, um, when everything totally changed. Um, we have a, um, in the last couple of years, we now have a very active uh, Australian shepherd puppy um, who keeps us on our toes. And um, we really enjoy traveling. That's one of our biggest passions. Um, my husband actually races bikes for a living. So he actually does triathlon and has been a professional triathlete for most of his adult life. So we kind of have a, a passion of, you know, travel um, as well as movement um, and general exercise too. And last place you travel to? The last place, well, I was in Charleston for work. The last place we traveled race-wise was actually Italy um, last fall. That sounds amazing. Where in Italy did you go? Um, we were in a small town called Mulvano, which is um, in the Dolomites. And so it was just absolutely gorgeous. Now, what do you do when he's racing? Are you exploring? Are you the awesome spectator wife with the signs? So um, it, that has evolved over the last um, 10 years. So um, there, I did a stint for many years where I actually did some of the social media live tweeting for race updates. So totally got in over my head of updating about like live um, triathlon uh, Mm -hmm. splits and things. But lately, the last couple of years, I've enjoyed it um, a bit more. And I'm more of a spectator and like the the Sherpa we're called. So we like (laughs) carry around all the stuff throughout the race and figure out where to be. Um, That's a lot of work. I mean, honestly, I think that's sometimes harder than the race itself. Yeah. When we first started doing this, I was so tired at the end of a race. And my mother-in-law told me that meant I was spectating correctly. I, she's she's right on when I ran I ran the New York City Marathon my husband's like it's a really hard day for me <laughs> it was like it was 80 degrees <laughs> don't 
Yes, all right. So tell me and tell me a little bit about what you're doing now and how Nifty 150 got started. Yeah, absolutely. So it's actually been just, I think, a month today, technically, since I kind of launched this Instagram account um, called Nifty 150, um, really based around the idea of hoping to increase um, the number of cancer survivors whether they're going through treatment or after treatment um, that are really reaching exercise guidelines of 150 minutes a week, um, which is kind of a, a overall standard guideline of um, what people can and should be reaching throughout and after treatment. And, you know, why I started that and what's kind of been going on to get me there is, you know, I was diagnosed with breast cancer in July of 2020. That was a few months into the pandemic. And I am one of those people who hopped on the Peloton train the mm -hmm. first week of the pandemic. <laughs> um, I had, you know, a lot of friends that were using it. Um, my husband being the triathlete that he is and always is training outside fully said, we will never have a stationary bike inside of our house. Um, so, but during the pandemic, he set my bike up on a trainer. I started on the app and it really was my sanity for those first few months of the pandemic. And starting in May of 2020, I actually just started using the app every day in some way, shape or form. You know, it wasn't really meant to be kind of my space to be able to have some time for myself, whether it was a walk or a meditation. Um, at the time, being in small business lending at the beginning of the pandemic, it was super nutty. And we were spending just a ton of time at our computers nonstop. Um, so that really gave me the ability to just take some time for myself. It also gave me a really great connection. So I have several coworkers um, who use, you know, who are using Peloton. Um, actually, you went to high school um, with one of them, one of my friends. And, um, you know, we would have like some of us would get together and we would actually do rides together before work mm -hmm. or during a work break. Um, so it maintained this ability when we couldn't see each other in person to also have this sense of community to be able to take that time and do a ride and, you know, give the virtual high fives. And when I got diagnosed in you know June or July 1st of 2020, it it allowed me to carry that through. So kind of very quickly, that became kind of my grounding spot when things were super crazy. Was I can do this for myself um, once a day, you know, whether it was meditation, like a walk, like it didn't need to be anything crazy, but it was that time for myself. And, and did you find though, you know, I think where, what I hear a lot is people find that their exercise, you know, endurance or their capabilities decrease and that for some is frustrating. You know, how did, did that happen to you? And if so, how did you handle that? Yeah. You know, actually I, um, so I have been thinking a lot about that and, you know, really the whole roller coaster of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things I was told my very, like one of my very first meetings, um, when I got diagnosed was that it was going to be a bump in the road for a year. And um, it is not a bump in I the know, road. No. Um, <laughs> it is not a year. It is very much a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. And so along the way, at every point, um, I, you know, all in all, I've had five surgeries. Um, I had five months of chemo. I had um, five weeks of radiation and then a year of targeted treatment. And after with every single one of those things, things reset. It wasn't the same. Whether the surgery was a bit more minor or a bit more major, I had to constantly reset like what I could do with my body. Um, as chemo went on with some of the cumulative effects, every couple of weeks felt a little different than the last. Um, so there was a lot of, of resetting and a lot of mental challenges there of not being able to do what you wanted to do. But simultaneously also being super proud that your body was doing what it was doing, all very, you know, confusing and empowering. I think that's one of like the, the biggest mental things I learned during all of it is this, you know, kind of that idea of holding like two things side by side mm -hmm. um, of, you know, so often we qualify things of saying, well, I'm this, but it could be worse. Yeah. Or mm -hmm. I'm this, but it could be better. And I've really tried to get rid of the, but, and use the, and throughout that. And I think it's so important. I talk to patients a lot about that, you know, that duality of emotions and that yes. instead of saying, you know, I'm so lucky that, you know, it could have been worse and it could have, you know, I say, yes, it could have been worse, but it also could have been better. Right. And it could have 100%. not, also could have not happened at all. And that would yes. have been really great. Um, and so I think it's okay to say that, you know, I'm, I'm 
frustrated or I'm upset that it happened and I'm choosing to be positive or, and I'm choosing to be grateful, you know, instead yes. of having to, because otherwise I feel like it almost invalidates people's emotions. And it, you know, we see this a lot in people who didn't lose their hair or didn't have to have chemotherapy that they feel almost guilty talking about it because they didn't have to go through those harder quote things. Yeah, absolutely. It's so, it's interesting how we sort sort of qualify things for ourselves mm -hmm. and where we sort of put it in and whether it's comparing with ourselves or comparing with others, it can be a really slippery slope. Yeah. Um, and, you know, your experience is your experience. That is, you know, very much this thing that's very personal to you. And it is, it doesn't matter who you are or the level of treatment you got. Like cancer is horrible. Yeah. It, it is. Yeah. It's one of the worst things. Like it is, it's just and, really cruddy. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that, you know, and I think sometimes I had this conversation with someone a couple of months ago and they said, no, but I'm really, really grateful. And, and I said, and, and that's, I'm glad you're grateful, yeah. but I also want you to be able, if you want to, to hold space for the fact that it, mm -hmm. this was really hard, you know, and, and not everyone wants to, or feels that need to do that. But I think if we don't do that, I do think that cancer is, and you know, there's so much grief that comes with it, this diagnosis. Yeah. And if you don't think about it or process it as it's happening, I see people processing it two, three years down the road. Yeah. They, they didn't grieve. They didn't think about, it, they didn't, they just kind of went with this like battle fight stoic attitude, which works for some, you know, I think the key is figuring out what works for you. Exactly. And it's, I think that's so important. And I, you know, I think when it comes to, you know, exercise and movement, I'm super aware and I want to be, you know, have the best ability to meet people with where they're at because everyone does have really different experiences throughout. And I want to be sure that, you know, when we're talking about that, that it's really coming from an encouraging place and not a place of like, you should be doing this. And if you're not like, you need to be doing something different. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, in all throughout treatment, it is super different with what you can do. Um, and it changes day to day. And there's not, there's not a right or wrong way to do it. It's more of just ideally giving people the tools and the empowerment to be able to, you know, feel that they can have a little bit of control. Yep. Like one of the terms that one of my friends always gave me and she's South African. And so she always had it in a much better accent um, than <laughs> I did, but she would say control the controllables. And that became like, you know, of some of the catchphrases you'd kind of have to go back to personally to just kind of center yourself. Like that was one of mine was control the controllables. And um, there's a few ways that, you know, I chose to do that throughout and movement um, was one of them, or even just keeping like, you know, on Peloton, there's these blue dots. Um, and I didn't want to become too obsessed with it. But mm -hmm. the, that being said, it was, you know, that was something I could control a little bit was if I listened to a meditation, if I took a walk, like that was something within my control when there was so much that wasn't. And I, I really like that, you know, you're using the whole spectrum of movement and wellness Yes, because it's not always going to be that really fast ride or that PR, you know, it yep. can't be that very, very gentle, or it's you're sitting in bed and listening to a five minute meditation. And on some days, that's what yes. you need. And that's going to be the best thing for you. A hundred percent. I think that's so important. What did it look like for you in terms of your movement journey throughout, you know, the chemo and the surgeries? Yeah, so it definitely changed throughout. Um, with chemo, one thing that I did that was honestly just fantastic is that we had a weekly or biweekly treatment day ride. So I had, um, my first set of chemo was every other week. And then I had weekly chemo for 12 weeks. Um, and then once every three weeks for a year. So we had different cadences, but we called it the treatment day ride. And normally it was about 7am for me. Um, I would pick a ride that week and people would join me at that time or before or after. And we had, you know, friends and family from all over that would do that ride. Um, that was a way that really, it really empowered me on those chemo days because it, it's a test of endurance um, and, you know, kind of that mental ability to, to get yourself up and go to chemo. Um, and it was great to know, like, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to get on my bike. 
Um, also, you know, typically the day that you're getting chemo is actually when you feel the best. Yep. That's at, that's when things are coming back up. So in general, you're like gearing yourself up to go back on this roller coaster. Um, but it was such a great way to know that I was going to get up. I was going to be able to do some things with my friends and family. Um, and these are people that some people had the bike. Some people like my mom would walk. She'd turn the ride on, but just walk to the ride. Like there's no rules. You, you can listen, you can listen to the music, you can, you know, do whatever. And that was a really neat way to kind of have a standard thing yeah. of, you know, that ride. And then throughout the, the chemo cycles themselves, it would change. I had energy the first couple of days, but it was mainly walking. And then I would go and walk very slowly, maybe the next couple of days. Um, what I realized after treatment, I actually walked so slowly during chemo that my phone gave me a different distance. So I thought I had like, I was like really proud of myself because I was like, oh, I'm walking this mile loop. Yeah. Well, as I got stronger after treatment, I realized that it is not a mile loop. <laughs> it is about three fourths of a mile, but my cadence had changed just enough that my phone like picked Gone. up, yeah. thought it was a mile because my, my walking pace was a little different. So that was a, you know, I, I, I don't, I just thought it was more, um, I just laughed about it, honestly. That. Sometimes that's what you have to do, right? Yes. Yeah. Laugh that because sometimes it's all you can do. In those it days. is. Mm -hmm. It is. And it's, you know, I would try, you know, when I was on the the first set of chemo, um, that was every other week. It was um, our, our best friend, the Red Devil. And that would always hit me pretty hard the first week. And then I'd come out of it. And so then that second week, for example, that's when I would try to do some strength classes. Okay. Usually, you know, beginner strength depending on how I was feeling, but it would, I tried kind of that second week as I was building energy again to do some strength. Um, but I would definitely go with the cycle of chemo, what my body could handle. Some days it was stretching. Um, it was a lot of walking though. And that's honestly one of the reasons why I love the Peloton app is it's one of the only things I have found that has walking content for people. Um, and I just feel like walking is one of the best things we can do, you know, during and after. And so I, you know, a lot of walking, um, a lot of, you know, yoga and a little bit of strength. Looking backwards, I wish I would have probably done a little bit more strength during, but, you know, I did the best I could at the time. Exactly. And I, you know, that, that was that, I, you know, I did try to do a bit more yoga um, that I knew I couldn't really do after my surgery um, ahead mm -hmm. of time too. Um, you know, one thing I actually did that I posted about this past week is Peloton has these programs that can help guide you through things which can be a nice way to kind of let someone else guide the course. And I did crush your core um, between chemo and surgery. So I could honestly have stronger core when I couldn't use my arms after my mastectomy. That's a great, um, great tip. That was super helpful um, because it you go through four to six weeks of not being able to put much weight on your arms and being able to lift yourself up and just feel, feel that strength was good. After surgery, I did a meditation about twice a day normally, and I felt that that really helped my mental um, kind of just place going through recovery for surgery. Um, it helped just the breathing. I actually worked with a meditation coach throughout chemo um, and for some of um, the rest of treatment as well, but I actually had a meditation coach I was meeting with, with which kind of helped and using the Peloton app to kind of supplement that um, really, really was great. How did you handle the mental kind of challenges of, you know, I used to be here. I used, maybe I was stronger. Maybe I was riding faster. I'm not getting the same output. You know, I think physically, obviously you have to deal with that, but yeah. mentally, I almost think that that could be harder. It's hard. It is. It's hard to feel that, you know, I think there's a couple things and one is, well, I mean, honestly, one day I was riding and I honestly just went out my husband was in the garage do something. I just remember I got off the bike and I went in and just started to cry. I was like, that was hard. I was like, I'm so glad that I could ride, but I'm like, I can't believe how hard that felt. And I just cried. Um, cause we kind of tried to make a pact that I wouldn't cry on my own. Um, mm -hmm. so <laughs> I started crying inside and went outside and it was like, I'm crying. That was a hard ride. And it wasn't that hard, but I think I really had to let go of what the numbers meant. And at the time I was on my bike on a trainer. So that was a little easier because in my mind I could gauge what my resistance was. So I'm like, I'm just going to scale it to my perceived exertion. 
now I do, I did finally get a Peloton bike actually when I was going through radiation. I was like, you know what? Like it's, yeah, I've ridden this thing a few hundred times in the house. Like it's time. And uh, one of the suggestions I um, actually have for people is to reset your PR, take it off. And everyone's going to be different, of course, of what, and maybe they want to know what they were doing before, but your body is super different right now. Like, let go, like, you know, it's, we're in kind of a new space. And so that's one thing to let go is to actually, you can reset your PR on a lot of these machines and you can turn off, you know, you don't have to watch the statistics. Um, I really enjoy power zone endurance rides in particular. You can reset your power zones regularly. So you're doing what your body can do at that time. And you're not comparing, um, to yourself. And there's, I mean, those are such really great suggestions. And I think, you know, we've seen with Paul Tomlin and Haynes be getting diagnosed and being open about her diagnosis. And I, I'm always, I'm amazed that she was able to teach and go through treatment. But I also caution people, you know, kind of a lot of people are like, well, if she could do it, right. And if she could teach, why can't I, you know, and I, I think that comparison game is really dangerous it is. Yeah. Uh, and I just caution people to know and to do what your what feels good for your body because yes. we're all different. And, you know, one of the things that I really respect about Leanne is she had her journey, like, and she kept that. Yeah. So she, exactly. you know, and I, I just, I respect how she handled all of that, especially kind of be, being in the public eye and, you know, talking about what's going on and, you know, how we're learning about things. Like I'm really, you know, I definitely have a lot of respect for her of how she's been talking about that. And, you know, and I think, you know, and I'm, I'm guessing that she'd probably be the first one to say too, like, you know, just because I did this doesn't mean you can, I think there's some of like the news stories, you know, right. They're, they're putting some of those captions out of, you know, she taught through treatment and it's, and it is, that's fantastic for her. And that's so awesome. Um, I don't think that she would tell everyone they need to do that either. And I think it's so important to keep that in mind of everyone is different and every day is different. Every treatment mm-hmm. is different. And like one of the things that she, I, I, you know, follow her on social media and she posted something this weekend that I thought was really remarkable. I think all the Peloton instructors are in town for yes. the summit. Yes. She was saying, she's like, well, I'm at the hotel because I can't. I want, my mind wants to be there, Yes. but I, my body can't be there right now. And I thought the fact that she was so honest about that was really important because she didn't have to share any of that, right? She could have said, she could have portrayed the, I'm so strong, I'm back. And then she didn't. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it's, that's part of it. And sharing those little snippets can, you know, really show people. And I think you know, I really appreciate too, the fact that she is, you know, more towards the end of treatment, I believe she's still getting some treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, but she is, you know, through the, the thick of the, you know, intense yeah. treatment, as we mm-hmm. would probably say, um, is that like, this is things still continue now. Yeah. And, like, and- it's not it's and so I think she's showing that in a really, like healthy way. One of the things that I tell all my patients about when I meet them for the first time is I always say, you know, I don't know if you're going to be public about your journey, right? And that yes. can be posting on Facebook or, you know, how whatever whatever the public looks like, yes. her, whether that's an email to friends and family. But, you know, I think you don't, I always tell people, you don't have to do it right away if you don't want to. You can, you can keep that private for a bit until you figure out, because I think when you open up, you, you're just fed with all these opinions and thoughts and mm-hmm. And you have to be ready for that. It's a lot. I know, you know, it's, we had that talk in the beginning too of, well, how are you going to share it? I was asked, you know, are you going to do a caring bridge? Are you going to start a blog? How are you going to do this? And I was like, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, we honestly started because we had, um, like we had, we weren't even to our one year wedding anniversary when I got diagnosed, but we, so we had like a good email distribution list from the wedding. That's where we started. (laughs) We started with that. And, you know, from there, I decided to kind of how to, how I wanted to do it. Um, And it was, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I I landed on a middle road for myself. You know, I kind of have, I I had private personal um, social media accounts. And so I did share updates kind of as it made sense there. Um, One of the best things my girlfriends did for me is they said a standing zoom call. 
a standard uh, uh, weekly call that we would do the day after chemo. And they set that up and we ended up doing that for well over a year. I mean, it was, you know, it, it was a long time and it was awesome because it allowed me to not to take that pressure off of updating people. So they had that call. So it's like, if you just want to hop on for five minutes, like you can tell all of us, you know, at once, or if you want to just tell one person, we'll talk, you know, we'll talk about it. They tried to take that pressure off, which was awesome. And then, and then I had that constant ability to, you know, just sign into that zoom call, um, every Thursday evening. And you know, it's happening and you know, there's your friends that you can talk to. I really, I love that idea. I'm all about friends and caregivers taking things off the patient, right? A hundred percent. Taking the burden off. And I always tell people, don't say, let me know what I can do to help you because no one's going to tell you anything. Yes, it is. You know, I heard the um, most recent podcast you released, you were talking about that and I was listening and I was like, yes, yes, yes. Um, Because it is so, so true that people mean so well. And this happens at work. This happens in your personal life. It happens when you get sick. People have really good intentions of saying, let me know what I can do to help. Um, and, and when you're on the other side of it, you totally realize that specific offers of help are what you need. Um, that is, yeah, it just is a game changer of understanding that because I it's, it's on to put that on the person who needs help, even as well-meaning as it is, it's, it does, it, it puts them in a place that they're like, I can't even think about that. And I, I, I think it always comes from a good place. I don't, I think yeah. people want to do well. They also don't, unless you've lived through that experience, you don't know what, totally. what you can do. Right. So I, I think that the more we can have those conversations and the more that we can talk about, you know, really provide tangible offers for help. I am coming over, you know, do you want dinner from place A or place B? You know, let's switch gears a little bit. And so tell me, so big Peloton, big exercise person, you're done with active treatment kind of tell me the nifty 150 and where did the idea come from to do that? Yeah. So about a year ago, I started reaching out to Peloton with my ideas. Um, I decided to just go right to Peloton because why not just shoot big Mm -hmm. and ask, you know, essentially asking for more oncology representation on their health and advisory board, asking for, you know, um, free access to the Peloton app during treatment asking for Pelotons to be put in hospitals and cancer centers, asking for Pelotons to be delivered for rental, free rental for rural patients. Um, I decided to just go big and, and ask. Um, I also reached out to about 20 to 30 instructors to be like, hey, do you have contacts that I could like talk with about some this and how Peloton can support cancer patients and, um, you know, really didn't get anywhere. Um, you know, I'd hear back from people here or there that were like, great. Like we're going to send this to this department or, you know, let me check. That's been my, that's been my experience as well. Yes. Peloton's a corporation. They have a lot of things they're working on and initiatives they're working on, you know, us, it it might not align with what we're thinking about. Um, but I figured let's go big and, and at least ask and, you know, backing up, I guess a little bit now for my own personal experience, you know, I definitely found, you know, before treatment, during treatment and after that has just gotten me through so much mentally and physically, um, where I really started to see this gap that could be filled was when I was recovering from surgeries and I could talk to my providers about what exercise I could do. Many of them were actually using Peloton themselves. So I could say, you know, can I do a low impact ride? can I do this sort of activity? And we could talk about some of it. Like some of my providers had the bike, some had the app, but we could talk about kind of what I could do. Mm -hmm. And then the other piece honestly was physical therapy. When I was and my physical therapist also uses Peloton. And when we were going through, you know, my post-surgery and um, post-radiation limitations, the activities she had me do were the same activities that were on the upper body stretches on Peloton and the light arms and weights. So the things that we were doing in, um, when I would go to PT and my follow-up recommendations were on the app. I was like, wait, I can do this. I can do it to music. I can yeah. do different classes. I'm more likely to stretch for longer because I'm having someone coach me through it. I'm more likely to do it often because at that point, they're really encouraging you to stretch about three times a day. Yeah. Um, which sometimes feels like an 
oddly enough, it feels like a full-time job sometimes trying to like remember to stretch that many times, but I was much more likely to follow up with that. And so my dad is an occupational therapist. So we've had this conversation too with therapy um, follow-up where, you know, it's only as good as what you can do when you're out Mm -hmm. of the sessions, like you have to keep following up with it. And so I really started to see this alignment of, Hey, these are things that are already built out. And this app is like a $13 a month. You have access to all of this stuff. And, you know, you're getting sheets, at least I did, I'll speak for myself. I was getting some handouts like from radiation and from, you know, post-surgery or other things. And some of these sheets are like from the, um, I don't know, like 1990s of, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the movements. Yeah. And so, you know, kind of putting that all together, you're like, okay, there has to be a better way. Like there has to be a way that like there could be some targeted programming done, some general guidance that's provided, you know, in the functional oncology area or for physical therapy, like for oncologists, for surgeon, like some, some pieces. Um, because I think the other piece, and now this is your area of expertise, not mine, but having some family in the medical fields and then having my experiences that providers are super overloaded right now. Yeah. Um, it's hard. It's hard to be able to spend the time. It's hard to be able to have the resources. Um, sometimes when you look at physical therapy and getting in for an appointment, if you're not in, it might be months before you can get in. And so all, all of, all of those, all of those things. Right. And we know, I mean, first of all, to back up, you know, exercise, the benefits of exercise are, are huge and not just to reduce risk for cancer diagnosis or cancer recurrence, but it's important for your heart. It's important for your bones. It's important for your mental health. I mean, I can, we can just have an hour long conversation about the benefits of exercise alone, But what I find very often is that if you don't know where to start, it's almost insurmountable. And with COVID and not being able to get into a gym and not feeling, you know, safe when, when the gyms, um, opened up, you know, and not feeling comfortable there. Um, and, and you're, like you said, not being able to either get into PT or not having time to go to PT because you took all this time off for, from work for treatment. Now you don't, you you know, all of those things. I do find that when my patients are in Peloton, like you said, it's that shared experience. And I could say, look, you're going to do arms and light weights. You're going to do a low impact ride. There's your 30 minutes. You're done. And it's so much easier to have that conversation about it. Um, and when we did, we did a study um, for patients getting chemotherapy called the strength trial, and they were, we gave them access to Peloton. We also, we combined this with p- virtual personal training yeah. through our medical gym, but patients loved Peloton because they loved the accountability mm-hmm. and they liked not having to think about what they were doing. Yeah. They, they liked being able to say, okay, I'm doing a 30 minute walk or I'm getting on the bike or whatever it is. But um, but you're right. Providers are overworked or over, and it's just one more thing. And it will also tell you that doctors and other healthcare providers and people in general aren't good at talking about things we don't know very well. So if someone isn't really an exerciser themselves, or they're not comfortable, they may not bring that up. Right. Yeah. It's hard to talk about things that maybe you don't know, or you don't know what exercises to do. And so it's easy to say, okay, I'm going to send you to PT. But if you can't get in or you don't have time or the money to go to PT, well, then we're, then we just don't do anything. Oh, it's so true. Yeah. And it's, you know, it is, it's so fascinating to me in a way that like there's been so many studies done and I like a good study. Um, I know, you know, I've read yours and it's fantastic. And it's, I love looking at these trials and these studies and um, for better or for worse with my team, they definitely like, you know, they, they gave me patience when I'd come and be like, okay, I think I, you know, I want, I want to try to understand like where the recommendations are coming from. And I like to read it and just feel comfortable. I like data a lot. Um, and, but there's like, you know, thousands of studies yeah, regarding exercise yeah. and, but it also is like, okay, at what point it's like, we've, we've spent, we know that it's here. So like, what can we do now? Um, how do we like, get it to the masses? Yeah. How do we get it to the masses? And I think one of the things with Peloton, and this was something that I looked at when I was, you know, kind of figuring out, well, it, it, honestly, it was an idea that I just couldn't let go of. It just kept being there. I kept trying to, you know, reach out to various, you know, contacts and avenues about this, 
but it, I just couldn't let it go. I don't know you, you, if you ever feel those things in your soul yeah. that you're just like, ah, I just can't let it go. So it kept mm-hmm. coming up, kept coming up. And, um, one of my goals for 2023 was to actually be on social media less. So I had to really get over myself <laughs> when it was like, okay. See, I don't consider that. Like, I think that what you're, what you're doing isn't like, or what I, I don't know. I tell, I tell myself this all the time. Like I'm not on social media, like aimlessly scroll. I'm doing things intentionally for a purpose. I agree. That is exactly how I've had to shift my mindset of like, no, just because you wanted to be on social media less this year, this is not that this is something that's totally different. And this is something that you want to try out. Like you, you want to help other cancer survivors and you, you want this to be accessible. Um, you know, one thing that I have thought a lot about is, you know, obviously I am, and actually I'm, I'm, I am like, I'm a surprising, I can't believe how much I love Peloton. Um, I'm also a small business lender by my day job. And so, and I love my local studios. So it actually was like hard for me sometimes to be like, wow, I really love this corporation, you know, yeah. but I love, I love what they, the content, yeah. the instructors, the community, um, but I always encourage people to, to, you know, support your local yep. businesses. I love my local spin studio and gym. I love doing the local races, all of that, but the bottom line, and I've looked at a lot of different, um, a lot of different platforms because I didn't want to tie just a Peloton. I don't work. I'm, <laughs> I'm not trying, you know, I'm not, my, my role is not to provide free advertising for Peloton by all mm-hmm. means, but being a, a, hopefully a voice and an advocator for our community um, is also to find the best, most affordable option. And I do believe that that's Peloton. Um, I've tested out a lot of content. I've researched a lot of content and granted I could always learn more, but for the price point of the app and the content that you get and primarily the walking content and the ability to search for things from five minutes to, you know, an hour and a half at any point and the ability to do workouts with other people. I just, I don't, I personally just haven't found anything else that meets that need for that wide variety. Um, but I, I also know that Peloton comes with a bit of a, you know, I don't know if I want to say stigma, but it is like, I'm not saying like, Oh, everyone needs to get a Peloton bike or a tread. Like, that's not what I, you know, that's not that at all. It's, um, and I would just, I would love, I would absolutely love to see Peloton provide access to cancer patients during treatment in particular. Like when you get that hand, you know, you get, you get a lot of information when you're diagnosed. I would love to see a handout in there. That's like, here's your free Peloton code. And yeah. here's some programming to consider. Well, and I, I think that everything that you just said, you know, we were designing our study. We wanted people to have our initial study was designed pre-COVID. And the idea was to get people into our gym and moving and training and doing classes. Because we really, I really feel that, you know, we know that exercise is good, but this was a way to get actually people access to exercise. And then COVID happened and we kind of were stuck and we said, well, do we just can the study or do we pivot? And so Peloton was the platform that I was familiar with. And so I said, let's, you know, we looked at Nike and we looked at a couple other ones, but we said, let's do this one because you're right, the price point and the access and the versatility of what you get. And I think the goal and, you know, by what you're doing and highlighting different classes that people can take every week is not just providing access, but hopefully creating a community. I hope so. And empowering people, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, I think, you know, one thing too, that, you know, I I've talked with people about is, you know, everyone experienced the pandemic and the limitations of not being able to go to classes and being concerned about, you know, health and other things. But honestly, a lot of that is what cancer survivors, especially those in treatment have to consider every day. And so even though we're, you know, past that, you know, major crisis point of the pandemic, those are still considerations for people, whether it is concerned about your immunity to anything or your energy, you know, being able to be able to choose, you know, I want to do a a 10 minute ride, you know, I'm not able to go to the studio and do a 45 minute ride. So having that access even post pandemic is, I think, really impactful. And, And also having, I mean, home, home exercise in general, I think is really powerful, especially for people going through cancer treatment where, you know, you may have concerns about body image or things don't feel right, or, you know, you're 
what you're wearing due to surgeries. I mean, there's so many things that change. And I think being able to do it in the privacy of your own home can be very, you know, that can make the difference between whether someone works out or not. It can. Yeah. Giving yourself that comfort and that ability and to work with your own energy cycles each day um, is super impactful. And, you know, I think one of the goals that, you know, I had when I started the the account, the Nifty 150, um, I, I like a good rhyme, which is um, why, but I, and I also like the concept of Nifty, like it's meant to be something that is, you know, efficient and, you know, and fun. And I mean, fashionable, I don't know if it's fashionable, but you know, where it's meant to kind of have that. And, you know, when I was setting it up, I kind of wanted to set some framework of what this would look like. So people could also know what to expect. And it really is it's suggested classes to total that 150 minutes of cardio and strength workouts. Um, and of course, things vary from there. And, and it's, it doesn't, you know, you can do less, you can do more like it's, but that's a nice, it's, it's a way that of kind of an a, a, a attainable goal. Um, to work towards, and then maybe advance too as you're feeling even better and stronger. But that's a great place to start um, alongside stretching and meditation. I want to provide good information from trusted sources. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to share things related to exercise and cancer in particular, really trying to kind of narrow it within that field the best I can. So the page is really hopefully a resource that can, you know, be that and also find ways that people can feel comfortable about um, how to empower themselves, the how to's, you know, how to, you know, certain modifications. And of course, people always will need to talk with their specific team about their specific limitations and needs. But once you can kind of ask or even know the questions to ask, take that and then learn how to find the classes that suit what you're looking for. Um, because it is really powerful. Like when you like, I mean, going through like multiple, you know, um, surgeries, um, and going through radiation, um, for like my mastectomies and axillary dissection, and even the port surgery, you don't even realize like the scar tissue, right. That can be from your port. And so being able to find things of searching for upper body classes or searching to know, okay, I don't want to do classes that have push-ups because I know that push-ups aren't my thing right now. You can find that. And that's super empowering to know, Hey, I can find this class. I can look at the movements. I can know that these are the things that I can do, um, you know, and, and get in there. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think especially for in certain like upper body or core classes, you know, if you're, let's say you had a flap or you're maybe you have a GYN cancer and you're not really using your core right now. I mean, there's a lot of different, there's standing core, right. That, that's yes. a little bit more gentle. And so I think the ability to, to filter and pick exactly, you know, or to modify can be really really powerful. Now, do you, when you post the classes every week, do you have specific ones that you're looking for or, you know, kind of what's forming that framework for you? Yeah. So I love sharing classes. Um, my friends have reminded me of that, of like, you know, it's something that we do back and forth of we take a class and it's like, here you go. So I, I love finding classes, um, whether they're classes I've done or classes I'm looking for. Um, I choose classes based on playlist. Um, I always look at the playlist because I love the the varied music and the ability, you know, just when I'm looking at classes, it just really helps kind of get me going. Um, I'm really looking to have at least two strength related workouts um, each week, because ideally, ideally, there's about two days that you're doing some sort of resistance work um, when you're looking at this as you're building up to it. Um, so I'm looking to have about two different types of strength. I'm looking for um, varied cardio. So walking maybe some running, although I do want people to know those are very interchangeable. If you post a run class, you can walk it. If you post a yep. walk class, you can run it. Like you can do everything. Once again, no and rules. You can, and you can run walk. There's that. Run walk. I love run walks are my absolute favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and you can do it to your own. You know, some, some of that for me is letting go of ego. If it's yeah. like, you know, Oh, run faster. I'm like, I'm good right now. You know, and that's some of it's just letting go of a little bit of that ego. Um, I don't have a tread. I do all the tread classes outside. Um, that's totally fine. And, you know, I'm, I'm also trying to include a variety because I want ideally to give people maybe some ideas, you know, it doesn't mean you have to do each one of these classes, but maybe you're like, Hey, I haven't tried a bar class before I, you know, and, and just maybe giving some people ideas of different ways. Um, last week I posted a shadow boxing class. I actually hadn't taken one before and it was a blast. I yeah. Like, oh, I this is a I've never done one. And 
good reminder too. Yeah. There's so many different things of like, and you, that's, a, that's, you can move, you can do that. Um, so I'm kind of looking to have a variety, a variety of, you know, instructors, a variety of types of movement. Um, and then, you know, along the way, I'm hopefully providing helpful information, I'm trying to kind of provide some tips and tricks and tools, things that I've learned over the last, you know, almost three years, and um, especially working with my team and others too, of like, here are some things to consider. Like, for example, I learned that um, cans of beans or cans of like, you know, diced tomatoes, those are about one pound. When you're working to build weight, that's actually really cool. Yeah. Like going from body weight to just taking cans, like that helps just that little bit of, you know, adding things slowly. And, um, you know, so I'm hoping to provide some information like that, that can be, you know, insightful and, um, and, and working to, you know, it's been great to connect with you. And um, there's so many people that are just doing awesome things. And, you know, there are a couple people that I followed throughout treatment, I've been in touch with, and they've been, you know, really instrumental to help bounce some ideas off of. Um, there's the, you know, cancer nutritionist and, and Helen Beely, those two accounts in particular are just have been really um, empowering for me during treatment. And I really respect their content of really providing like good information. Um, I, I think that's what, you know, social media is so powerful for, right? I mean, there's like, there's a lot of negatives and, but, you know, without social media, there was, there's no way to have this kind of connection. Um, you know, yeah. that really has, I think, evolved in the last few years. Um, and, and probably made, you know, one of the things that was good that came out of COVID was that ability to connect with people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it, yeah, it's just interesting to see, like, yeah, it's like social media can be, like, it can be so overwhelming. Yeah. And I've had to pause social media on and off throughout my treatment. There are times that, I, you know, I've had to limit my, because there's just so much going on in your mind. Um, and it, you can go down those, those rabbit holes of, you know, in, in the suggested post and you go down these rabbit holes of, and then all of a sudden you're getting all these suggestions without meaning to of, of everyone's suggestions on surgery recovery. And you're like, wait, hold on. I <laughs> didn't even be a lot. It can didn't even know that be, I wanted that. You have to be in the right headspace um, to consume all of that. And I actually tell people just like, you know, either pause it or I even say to people have a separate account that you can log in and see yes. cancer, right? Yes. That way, because you don't have to see cancer all the time you may just want to see you know people's kids and puppies and food and cats I don't know what whatever you want travel photos yeah so you you can separate the two a hundred percent like it that is a-okay and you know I I hope that you know with creating this account like I hope that it can be a, a place that is that can meet you where you're at I really hope that, but I also understand if like, it's not meeting someone where they're at right now. And they're like, I, I can't even hear about exercise today. That's okay. Like that, that's it, okay. And I love that you are with the exercises that you're suggesting, you know, are a mix. And so if someone's not in, I'm, you know what, I don't feel like lifting today or I'm tired, my joints hurt that you can go for that five, 10 minute walk, you know, yeah. and you can scale. So now it's 2023 Let's think about a year from now, big goals. Like what would be your number one goal that could come out of this in the next year? Oh, my number one goal is for Peloton to provide free app access when cancer patients are going through treatment. Okay. So we have to make that happen. Yeah, no, we have to. I feel, I feel like we're like on the precipice of starting this coalition. Like I think you and I, and we're going to have other people join it. us. Um, I think that we're going to, you know, kind of have a coalition that we're going to be able to go and say here here's, here's what's going on. And whether it is, you know, and I don't, granted, I'm not naive. I don't expect that Peloton's going to be like, sure, we're just going to, you know, give this, you know, um, have these free, you know, memberships. I mean, ideally cool, but maybe there's ways that there can be partnerships with larger foundations um, or other organizations that are able to maybe agree on a, on a cheaper price and ultimately fund through some other organizations that can provide um, kind of to, to provide some funding to ultimately be able to roll this out. Yeah. 
And I, and I think you start even with free three months of membership, right? I mean, it's not a lot. It's twelve sixty five or whatever it costs these days, but I think it's somewhere around there. Um, and, you know, in, like there are ways to do it. Um, and it could be that you partner, you have to, you know, your doctor has to fill out a form, you know, whatever. Yeah. whatever it is, but it's a way, I mean, I've always wondered why, you know, they have their medical wellness and advisory board and I've con- gotten in contact with them. And I, you know, kind of exactly what you said that look, cancer is not just breast cancer, but cancer is, yeah, you know, the second leading cause of death in the country. Why are we not, you know, why do you not have an oncologist or someone in the cancer space on your advisory board? Right. Why don't we 100%. have programs for that? Um, you know, we have, and I, and a part of me has thought, well, is it because they don't necessarily want to get in, you know, there's a lot of medical, you know, legality associated with that, yes. but, um, which I, I think that that definitely is a big component, right? Cause having, let's say a mastectomy recovery program is challenging, Yep. but I think there are ways to do it. Exactly. Like I've, I've thought about the legality and talked a little bit of the legality of some of my team as well, because mm-hmm. of course that's a concern where you don't want that, but I feel like there's a way to do it. I yeah. feel like there is a way to provide you know, like, I mean, I've told you like my, my, my vision to start is that you get all that packet of information and it has that, you know, code in there and maybe some general, you know, general information, you know, the guidelines from, you know, ASCO or other places mm-hmm. that show like w- what the, some of the guidelines are and give that, you know, information up front. And then let's say that you have access to Peloton. My thought is that you give that to one of your friends or family members so they can be your buddy you know, so they can, you can have that and you, you can use that. Um, you know, one thing I will say is that United Healthcare, you might know this too, but United Healthcare, um, they actually cover Peloton app and a lot of their plans. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, from myself or many users, like I can give out a 60 day code. So, I mean, it's 60 days isn't, you know, no, but it's a start. It's still, it's a start. It's a like start. it's two months is a start. Um, if you, you know, so I do think, and you know, and I just, you know, I get nothing from that. It just is a code you give out. Um, and I love giving it out because it's at least a start of 60 days, you know, and, and hopefully ideally, like I would love to see, you know, I mean, that's kind of my number one goal is to have that start, to have that accessibility, mm-hmm. but also to have it paired with information and programming, be able to pr- support the providers and be able to have more of that ability and comfort. So, you know, I mean, I would, I envision like a Peloton trainer being able to go to like all the different cancer centers to be like, here's how this programming is going to work, you know, or here's some ways that it can work, you know, just really being able some, and maybe it's not a true Peloton, you know, liaison, but someone that's able to really, you know, um, be able to get in there and and meet and, and really get this information out and find out and ask questions from patients and providers of what do you need? Yeah. to keep this moving. One of, one of the goals that I have, I have, and it's a small goal and I think I just need to put it into practice, but I want for my exam rooms, you know, I, I mean, look, I try not to keep people waiting, but it happens. There's, there's no way around that. Um, and so I want to put in my office, I have three pound weight. And so if I'm going to call, if I'm doing something, I just walk around and I do like bicep curls, right. Just to get like, or I do some squats. I mean, you yeah. know, just to get the blood flowing. But what I wanted to do is to have a little, um, basket in my office, in my exam rooms with like very oh. one or two pound weights and like a, like a couple of laminated cards of, Hey, you, you're waiting for five minutes. Like here's a five yeah. minute flat workout that you can do. Right. Like 10 bicep, you know, again, with limitation, like, obviously you have to know your body and you have to know what you can and can't do. But I think it's that making fitness accessible yes. for everybody, even if you don't know where to start. Cause I think that's where people, at least what I find as a physician is that people who have, who come into cancer treatment exercising, they can continue that. Most people don't necessarily stop. Or maybe they slow down and they modify, but they don't give it up altogether. I find that the hardest is people who haven't been. And it's that yeah. barrier. Well, what, do I, what do I do? How do I start? Right. I, and, and not just physically, but mentally also. You know, I think that's such a great thing to think about. Like, I think that's an awesome idea. Um, you know, one other thing I've, I've been thinking about, cause I, I was wondering, you know, sometimes, and I totally respect 
the programs that are put out there for, you know, cancer survivors at the clinic or, you know, something at the hospital system. And they're like, here's a, you know, a yoga you can do. And I totally respect that. You know, I know for myself, sometimes I don't want to feel like a cancer patient. I want to do the other, like, I want to do a class. That's a class. Everyone's doing. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I want to be a cancer patient. Sometimes I'm like, no, I, this is, you know, but for the most part, like, I don't always, I don't want to feel that way sometimes. Like, and, and every, that's going to meet people different with wherever they're at, you know, and that is, it's totally a personal thing. So that's why I think the more accessible, the more options you can give are fantastic because it is like, if you're at a certain point, you know, that may or may not resonate with you. Sometimes that's all you want to do as a group with other people who get you. That's cool. Sometimes you want to do a class just totally separate with some like really intense rap music. That's okay. Like it's, you know, it definitely is, um, it, it can meet you with where you're at and what you're looking for. Um, so I think increasing that accessibility and, you know, one thing um, I am trying right now with my hospital system is I let kind of all my team know about the account. And um, one of my nurse navigators asked for a flyer. And so right now, like they have a flyer that is hopefully going to be approved to get put in our packets. Um, so I'm kind of waiting to be able to, you know, hear back, um, if they were able to get that approved internally. Um, but like my oncology PA who is awesome and she follows the account, like, she's like, I'm going to put this up in the clinic. Um, so I've, I have like now a flyer, um, that, you know, created that, you know, hopefully I'm hoping that if we can like test this out a little bit at my hospital system, or maybe if we can find a flyer, I can customize it for anyone, um, and, and put it out there. So just something that, you know, people can see, you know, it can be something to give out, of, you know, here's a resource, check it out. And that's where you start. You start, you dream big, you start with small goals, uh-huh. right? And and, yep. and I think, I think hopefully people will find it really helpful. And then in a year, we're going to come back to this and yes. it'll be free for everyone. <laughs> yes. I love it. No, it's uh, such a great, it's such a great thing. And I love, you know, what you just said, that is totally my MO right now is that we are dreaming big and starting small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's what you have to do. Um, before we wrap up anything I didn't ask you about anything else you want to share? I think the only other thing that's at the top of my mind is honestly, how impactful it's been to hear from so many survivors over the last four weeks. It has been just amazing. The people that I have heard from, the people I've been able to connect with, it's just been inspiring hearing from people who got diagnosed in the last few weeks to hearing from people who've been out of treatment for several years and every step along the way, it's just been, I mean, I don't, I honestly, I don't even have words for the connection. It's just been really impactful. And that has been by far the best part of the last four weeks. And, you know, it takes, it takes a lot to come into the social media space, right. And try to create what you're doing. And so I give you a lot of credit. I don't think it's easy to, to do that. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, on some ways I was trying to do some research and on other ways I decided to just one weekend, just jump in. So it was a little bit of both. And sometimes you just got to do that, right? You kind of set some framework, but then you're like, I just got to try. Well, you can, you can get paralyzed by the research and waiting for the right time. And the truth is like, you're never going to be a hundred percent ready for anything. Uh, you know, I know when I started this podcast, I had no, no idea what I was doing. I read like a book for like a hot second podcasting for dummies. And I was like, "Ah, you know, we'll just, we'll just go for it. Right. And it's evolved. And I listened back to those original episodes. I'm like, Oh my God, you know, and and I think, but you have to start somewhere. Yes. You know, keep, and you have to keep going. Now, where can people find you? Where can they find all the classes, all the recommendations you're putting out? So everything right now is on Instagram. It is on the Instagram page at the nifty 150 um, underscores between the and nifty. Um, Although if you type it in any way, shape or form, you should hopefully find it. Um, I do post weekly suggested uh, workouts on Sunday mornings, Colorado time. Um, I have found we have a great following from across the world. Um, so every, yeah. everywhere, I think almost every time zone right now. So, um, but Colorado time is Sunday mornings. And then I also keep the classes in the highlights so people can access them at any time. Um, and I've been trying to build out the highlights too. So let's say that somebody says, I want a yoga class. I actually have a highlight that's yoga. 
So as I'm building out classes and suggestions, the highlights will include those links for the classes as well as some modifications. Um, and we'll, we'll keep building that out. And um, I, I've said this too, but like, I'm also so open to, you know, feedback um, and, you know, just hearing from people as well of what would make this even better and more accessible for everyone. Well, thank you for the work that you are doing. And I know that it is helping people. Thank you so much. It's so great to meet you um, through the Zoom um, and talk with you. It's been great to connect with you over this last month. Absolutely. Thank you all for listening to this conversation. I absolutely love what Brie is doing. It is a big passion and a goal of mine to encourage people and increase the amount of people that are moving because the benefits are, are truly endless. You can find Brie on Instagram at the nifty 150, the underscore nifty underscore 150. But as she said, if you type in the nifty 150, it comes right up. You can find me at Dr. Toplinski on all social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this episode or any others, I would be so grateful if you can take a moment to leave a reading and review for the interlude podcast on Apple Podcasts, as that helps me to grow the show and bring it to new listeners. Have a wonderful day. Get out, make sure you get some movement in, and I will see all of you soon. Thank you.